This is Choi. And this is also HK. That's me. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> this is the second episode. East Village. First um, Avenue. New York City. NPR, another tiny desk is playing in the background. Live music. <laughs> Full entertainment system. Provides with everything we need. Um, Alright. So let's resume the conversation we were just having a little bit ago. Uh, armed revolution, do you think is necessary? Well, what I say is that if the state is acting violent, then violence will be the response. So, state violence dictates what you as a citizen will do, so it's a reaction? If the state is not following its responsibilities, as, as it says, it's a con- there's a contract. If the state is not fulfilling the contract, then you don't have to fulfill the contract anymore either. So is it your duty to arm, I mean, revolutionize then in that case? Since, uh, the, you know, if the state's breaching the contract... It's your choice. Your, I'm just wondering, like, in terms of ethics, like... Is armed revolution ethical solution or is it, you know, I, I don't know, like a lot of people say at the same time is it's unethical, it's, there's something immoral about it, violence. Even if it, it's, a, a, violence is immoral, but that's justified violence, it's justified to be immoral. So there are certain violences that are justified and they are not justified, Do you think if there's anything more than value judgment in that, that, you know, like, can't, what, what, what's your standard is in terms of like this violence is good and these violence I, I think power dynamics come into play I mean so the oppressed violence is the oppre- considered with more tolerance there's, there's violence that has a much more critical impact than the reverse if the sides were switched okay there's the violence of an entire military and then there's the violence of like five people with guns or five people with sticks and stones so the power, the amount of power matters, you see, in yeah. terms of whether violence is justified. I would say so nuclear violence, n- sending nuclear bomb the least justified. Because and that's it why it's never been done. I mean, besides the Yeah, because like, it's of the, mo- of the damage. That's very utilitarian, like so maximum people's maximum happiness, you know, that type of shit. Sometimes that's the way to go. But like, it's like a depressive uh, turn over in terms of like the maximum people's worst nightmare is the worst notion you're saying. Like, uh, the subject of violence and the state being violent to people, the people being violent back, it's not a good, it's a depressing subject. But like, don't we see all the time, in, in some sense, where um, few individuals, you know, important characters, like, uh, like uh, and they, they, they die, and just their sheer, just our like collective experience of going through the trauma changes in it, like, you know, construction event, for example, like, um, I'm not saying a death of, you know, lynching is an individual isolated event, but death of Emmett Till in death of these significant individuals like George Floyd that gets the attention, you know, there's like 16, 20, you know, these people who, the, you know, the movement is trying to you know, choose this representation of the, these people's individual experience becomes a huge thing where the movement carries on you know like it doesn't have to be the number 
doesn't have to do with, you know, it doesn't make matter if the single man is, single black man is gone down because it's black. Then like two black men gone down, three or four. Or does it? I think that, uh... I feel like numbers is easy way out. <laughs> yeah, it's not just about the numbers. If it's one man, but that man is murdered on camera, He's murdered in a very brutal and horrible way that anyone who watches it will come out of it and be kind of affected. That so it's the circumstance. It's all about that, I guess. Like yeah, like multiple people die every day. Thousands of people die all the time. But like, sometimes think, one um, person's death can make a big difference. Do you think um, um, a racist ethnic uh, massacre? What are they called? Genocide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A genocide that kills 30,000 in Africa and country and a, a small genocidal murder spree that kills 30 people in Paris, you know? Like, can we say which is worse, like objectively? I don't know. I mean, objectively, can't you say that because more people died, the first one is worse? A lot more people. What about in terms of uh, societal influence? Uh, very unfortunately, uh, 30 people dying in Paris will have so much more influence than the, how we perceive that. Yeah, that's very true, and that, I think that it's wrong that that happens. Oh, 100% I agree. It's, it's an awful thing, but like, uh, it's what happens, you know? That is. That means that people just need to have some more perspective, and they need to have some more knowledge, they need to have some more history. So they should just learn the number thing and they'll be fine. The number thing would be a good start. I mean, like some countries have a 9-11 every single year. 3,000 people, right? 3,000 people die? Yeah. That's really not uh, that much. A lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I mean, they kill, we kill, American army killed so many I mean, people yeah, um, in the subsequent much, wars. Many more thousands than 3,000. So much more in, in, in innocent civilians have died during those wars. But even aside from just that, even terrorist number, attacks in other countries, like, yeah, where these people come from. Yeah, hijacks train in Paris, kills a bunch of people and it gets made a movie of. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are bigger narratives that fight, you know? Oh, look at that, dude. I mean, yeah, it's because in one place, there's peace and the peace is disrupted while some other places you just assume they always have violence so oh, some more violence whatever that's that's casual there if they pretend it's casual there then it makes them treat it like it's casual there it becomes normalized exactly that's very worrying thing for me is like how i in my opinion capitalism not only thrives on but can only sustain itself only through uh, being in a state of urgency and terror, being in a state of threat, you know, being in a state of emergency. I know? mean, everybody's life is based on the threat Crisis. of going broke. Yeah, exactly. A capitalism system thrives the most when everybody is on the verge of being broke, but not quite yet. Yep. Like, if, if the crisis is its fuel, yes. they give you enough to, to make you satisfied and complacent. Not even that, I feel like acceleration is huge, like a, let's say super technological advanced, political advanced society can't even arrive. That society will not like 
oh yeah, it's just gonna make everyone kinda satisfied and they'll be fine. No, it's gonna keep it in a constant dread and fear of crisis. But you know, come like you know, in a bearable, you know, barely bearable way, you know. Like it's not yeah. gonna be like, oh, we'll get universal basic income, so we'll be just kind of like, like kind of fine and not revolt and not do anything. It will be that we'll be getting universal basic income, but life will be so difficult. We'll always feel like we're on the verge of collapse. We'll always feel anxious. There will always yeah, be it's, it's enough to establish an illusion. It's enough to establish an illusion that everything is all right. Uh, and that's why this 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 this, this normalization is thrown in your face is like oh in these other places they're getting fucking it's just violence every single day. At least you don't have that. But that's not the way. I do think, as I said, I think before like uh, violence is so inherent in American life, but we don't see it. It's so distant from us. Like it was made invisible to us. Yeah. You know, the sweatshops and the you know, it's so it's so, you know? Like I think they're very inherent. The At the same time, the there's science. there's a lot of traditional violence here too, like gun violence, right, right, police violence, gang violence, shoot, homicide. That's true. Hey, American people are violent people, man. They're on the verge of crisis. They're violent, or the things like that are that are given to them make them violent. I I don't think so. If they had knives, if the guns were completely banned in America, they would have much higher stabbing rate than other countries. Well, of course, it will be beneficial, bro. It will be much beneficial. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can't yeah. stab like a whole school, you feel me? Yeah. But there still will be a level of violence that, potentially that haunts this country. I, I, I think it's more fundamental problem than how America functions, you know. That's very worries me, man. Like that's I think is uh I mean that's how I personally don't get anybody who who would be for capitalism in that sense at least, you know, like it's a system that thrives on bearable human sufferings. You know, like it, it profits off the human sufferings. I think that's a con- fundamental condition of that ideology. Is based on the is it a feature or is it like bug? Is it a mistake or is that doing it on purpose? I think it is a feature in terms of it did magnificent in terms of increasing production, uh, leading technological advancements, you know, efficiency, increasing efficiency of you know, work in general, and changing literally every facet of our daily lives, you know, like poor people have cars now, <laughs> like. No matter how what they say about how bad capitalism is, poor people but drive yeah, more, cars. More now. people have been lifted out of poverty than otherwise argued. Yeah, yeah, so so for, like so like that. But um, it operates literally, I think, by balancing own crisis with another illusion is that in the average income is raising and shit like that but it's really like there's like fucking 20 people in each country who have dozens of billions like some crazy shit right and although the absolute minimum you know income is rising people feel more 
like more like they were stolen from and more like they were you know disqualified from what they are what they deserve you know they feel uh, stripped off of their things they feel more insecure now than ever more than ever and I like that like the the thriving of capitalism has never provided the psychical uh, in vast space where it could be possibly have a chance to be stable, you know, be sane. It serves, it functions the best in stress situations. You know? uh, uh, that's true, that's true. And I think it did a lot of things, like increased productive level, you know, it does certain things, but uh, I don't think those things are necessarily what should what be what we need I think that's what we needed maybe even to say but like we need to transcend them you know we gotta go further than that but I think that's good enough like to count it's to been suffering people enough like the other people have died for like this is enough but just from how many people there are in the world and the way we costs are right now what if the only way you can even get enough money uh, and get enough resources to to support an entire population, you, you need to use capitalist ways. You need to use the way that's been proven to uh, get a lot of money. I mean, if we go back to just purely logistical methods of doing so, I know that uh, my capitalist friends, like Ethan, would disagree, but um, planned economy works better than unplanned economy is what I really uh, am about to believe. I feel... It's a religious leap of faith, you know, call it whatever, that's my ideology. And that's what George Orwell says also in the book Why I Write. You know, Nazi, Nazi war machine that took over the entire world, the Western world, basically, in two months or whatever was power of national socialism, you know? Was that state control completely or was that private public sector collaboration? It was highly party controlled in terms of war. In terms of other things like the quality of life, the wages, other related, like the work environment, all that shit was left to the bourgeoisie system to decide. But any factors that decides the war efforts, such as productive level, what they make, how they make it, shit like that, those were complete, and you know how much they make, the production side of it. They released the war was absolutely organized by the party, you know, the political party, and the, the country, the state, the plans how it is to work out. Mm-hmm. And he was writing about this as um, during the London Blitz, as the he was listening mm-hmm. to the German plane bombing his city in London, in London, mm-hmm. and it's like. Yeah, like if we use that national socialist war machine, if they use that national socialist planned economy machine for human welfare, not a war, like think of what it could have achieved. You know, market economy simply is not able to control itself magically as so, you know, with the invisible hand. As was there another example you have besides the fucking Nazis? Soviet Union economy showed improvements that are unprecedented in human history until China where um, I think more than 50% of the entire railroad system of Soviet Union was destroyed after World War II 
basically all of the Western Front was completely destroyed after World War II, you know? Yeah. They had nobody. It was a broadcast country, a feudal country almost. Never reached full communism, full communist state, it was just broke. They didn't even have, you know, enough railroads, which is literally the economy, you know? And, uh, Within 20 years, they sent a man to the space before the United States. They were the strongest empire that ever existed, and that would ever exist to to compete with the United States of America. There has been and never will be, uh, you know, in long time, a military power that would physically threaten the United States' very existence. Uh, this country went literally from. Uh, war-torn jack shit to one of the strongest countries in the world. And then why couldn't they maintain the that? There were a lot of um, corruption. Yeah, I think there were some slightly inconsistencies. Inconsistencies. Oligarchy. Right, right. Concentration of power. Lack of opposition. I think was also very central in some sense. Yeah, I mean, rigged elections. But also, I mean, also they, yeah, I mean, they parted away from fundamental communist shit like anti-imperialism, you know? True that. Co communism says imperialism is a final form of capitalism, yeah. But they were very imperialistic, especially using arms. Especially recently, annexation. I mean, you can't fault Russia, what Russia is doing for to the Soviet Union. Put this back from Soviet Russia. I guess it didn't work in KGB, but still. Putin worked for KGB, right? That's what he said when he went to Germany. He went to Germany and said, uh, and the reporters were like, oh yeah, you, uh, how, how's your first time in Germany? And Putin said, oh yeah, it's my first visit, but only officially. I've been here a couple of times. That's so. funny. <laughs> he really has this. What do you think about authoritarian leaders? I mean, uh, I don't know if they have a high average quality, you know what I mean? High what quality? Average quality. Average qualities? Yeah. You're saying they suck on average? I mean, maybe mediocre. Maybe mediocre? So you're saying that some are good enough to drive up the standard to the mediocre level? There's some good ones, some bad ones is the point. What is a good one? Name a good authoritarian leader. I can name some, but you would have known them because they're East Asian. Well, I mean... Good is very relative, man. Because to me, there's there isn't one, but there are some who are good to their people in a lot of ways. How about this? You know what a lot of Chinese people say about Chairman Mao, who's fiercely criticized in the West for killing whatever yeah. million people? Chinese people say "kungchil kisam," which means seventy percent good, thirty percent bad. Yeah. Do you think that applies to a lot of authoritarian leaders? Sure, that that summarizes it pretty easily. How about in this perspective? French, uh, under Nazi regime, was Vichy France, under General Vichy, maybe. And uh, after he was executed, his daughter came out in the interview and said, he was still a good father to me. 
So can there be a good authoritarian leaders in that way? Uh, I mean, at least if, if you're a good father, you have something. I'm sure there are some who are terrible fathers. Like, does it matter at all? It, I mean, it matters to them as a person, not as a leader. This is a separate college. Yeah, arguably, yeah. Do you think a terrible person can be a good leader? And, and when it's needed, yeah. When it's needed? Yeah. Like, I'm curious, like, what time are you thinking that a terrible person rose to the occasion? Someone, uh... Someone's waging war against you, trying to invade you. Woodrow Wilson was a racist piece of shit who would go to theorize a whole thing about, uh, you know, nas- nas- nation's self... Self-sovereign, uh, called self-something, man. Self-sovereignty, something to that matter, mm-hmm. which became a standard resistance ideology for a lot of third-world countries during that time. It became a huge hope for the oppressed people of color all around. While he was, you know, he was a white boy from the south, was, you know, vocally racist in a lot of matters, and the head of an empire also. Maybe it's stuff like that. The thing that. is, I mean, every U.S. president is imperialist. By their so, position, yeah. So, like, if you ask me, say, a good leader, for example, I just struggle because just being a leader means you're involved in some bad shit. Yeah. Just by default. You think so? I mean, yeah, pretty I mean, much. Do you think, uh, do you, you, I feel like you might agree with Nixon when he said, what president does is by definition not illegal. Because president has to do this shit. Like president is a job where they do this shit. That's what that was his argument. I mean, that's you know, uh, not his argument. Centrally, I would assume that he vocally said, but like I feel like this, you know, that's also in political theory, bro. It's, it's uh, acts of uh, political governing. Like it doesn't is not like a make the law in real time. Could be. Is there about the New York uh, removing Theodore Roosevelt statue from natural? Oh yeah, natural, natural history museum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, that's one of the I, you know what was really funny, bro. Wow. A lot of Korean people has been very mad, very racist this this time. You know, I think in terms, you know, with the whole uh, riot things and all. But they, when the news came out that New York's removing a Theodore Roosevelt statue, a lot of people were like, yeah, I can't believe they still have it. Why is that? that Korean War? Because he, Theodore Roosevelt basically sold Korea to Japan. And guess what? He, uh, he got Nobel Prize for it. That sucks. He, yeah, he, he mediated the Russo-Japanese War and got Nobel Peace Prize for it as, and as a secret deal, they promised Japan that the U.S. will stand by if Japan uh, invades Korea. I mean, Obama won a Nobel Peace Prize, and that's the end For of that. being Obama, and for absolutely nothing. Man, Which so is that, that tells you incredible. all you need to know about the U.S. presidents and all. Nobel Peace Prize, I guess. You know Trump almost got one? No, he didn't. Because thanks to North Korea, that was the whole agenda. For oh, South he was nominated. He was nominated, right? But uh, I mean, what was? Did he? Did he have any effect on North Korea, South Korea relations? I mean, it is historic what happened. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to us in a very, very long time, yeah. very historic moment. 
2018, 2020, it completely went back, and now we're in the verge of being absolute shit again. Not because of, I don't, I think because of America too, but uh, it's complex, you know. Not just Trump. I, some people assume it's actually not Trump fucked it up. It's Trump Bolton. Security advisor. Yeah. He was for um, complete submission of North Korea to U.S. orders. Ooh. And Trump was like, nah, you know, like I'm a deal maker, like you know, we'll make a deal, you know. Which was a gonna, which was a good thing for Korean liberals. Really. It's like, we yeah, were like, yeah, please make a deal, like we want peace, you know, like we want a mutual prosperity. And John Bolton came in and was like, look at these sons of bitches. We cannot have any deal with them. Fuck them. If they don't, you know, crawl under your legs, just cancel the meeting and go walk out of the meeting. And that's exactly what Trump did. He walked out of the meeting. Wow. That's what Reagan did with his meeting with Khrushchev for some uh, Russian Prime Minister Premier. And it worked. Russian Premier came in. So Trump and John Bolton apparently told Trump, was like, yeah, yeah, Reagan did this too, you're gonna be great, like, you're gonna be, you know, everyone's gonna, like, this totally works, they can totally do this, just walk out if they don't complete something. So Trump did that, and that fucked up the, the North Koreans were not Russia, and they said, no, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, I don't need you, you know, and, uh, it ended up being pretty bad. Hopefully, it's get better, I'll go into military very soon. Korean military. And we'll see how it's like in there. So very when? Close. What month does that start? September. September. Have you ever thought about military career? Not really, man. Would you be not interested in it? I can't say I would be interested. No. Why? Because of disciplines? Uh. I mean, there are just a lot of other things I'd rather do. What would you rather do? Rather... Uh... I'd rather be a music producer. <laughs> I'd rather be a podcast host. <laughs> you are a podcast host. I'd rather... Be a conservationist. Yeah, I'd rather exactly. I'd rather work in uh, I'd rather work in a political f- a firm. Really? Political firm or even in government? Right. Rather public affairs. Do you think cops are pigs? Yeah. Then how do you not think that the rest of the governments is also? There are a lot of them in there, but there are a few systems which are just as rotten to the core as an institution as the police. I mean, that is NYPD, because NYPD. Uh, all the other institutions leaves the dirty part, aka yeah, the man, execution but, part. Uh, that's the true. Police. The execution is the dirty part. So shouldn't shouldn't we deal with the system as a whole rather than to you know merely change the execution tool? We should. Which will we never should. be gone. Like we should. But the, one of the most urgent things is the execution tool. I agree. Physically urgent. I really feel like a lot of people do not get the urgency of the situation, which is kind of crazy. Like, this is an urgent man. People are being shot down. Yeah, true that. This is a very urgent man. Many people really think it's just going to pass. A lot of people supporting their movement or in the movement still think so as well, I feel. 
you know? They think that uh, this would pass. I mean, it might. It probably will, but the problem is that uh, we need the uh, you know stupid people who has this conviction that no, it's gonna go on forever. Like, I'm gonna try my best to make it so. No, there are people with that conviction. And things can last a long time. There have been protests that lasted a year. Yellow vests in France, how long did it last? Last months upon months. What did that achieve? I mean, they sat down with Macron. They sat down with Macron. The the rural people, leaders of the rural community. Yeah. Sat down with Macron. I mean, I don't fucking know, man. But I can tell you that that shit was going on for months. That is true. And I can tell you the Rosa Parks uh, bus uh, protest went on for over a year. And that's how, that's what, that was necessary for that. It's true. Persistence. I mean, bills have been passed. Bills have been passed. Points have been made. But that's also what... Um, Footage has been taken. James Baldwin says in a speech, says, I, he says, I don't want to sound like a old testimony, old testimony uh, uh, prophet. But how can we believe that the bills will solve everything when we indeed passed the, pro- the proclamation hundred years ago? And we passed the, you know, Jim Crow, the, you know, the emancipation bills, multiple civil rights bills, all the time. But throughout, and even still now, until now, these things are being done. This is the and same. How can these people be sure? You know, it's the same policy in different incarnations. It's the same pattern. It's the same target. It's the same, not the same methods, but similar almost. But I, over time, it's getting gradually less severe still. I also just have a problem with the, with the whole thing about the the um, movements for political rights. Or I mean, existence. I mean, the whole the. You know, the colored people, people of color coalition also, in terms of what they're trying to achieve, I think is very problematic in this one, in one sense at least, in wow. that uh, in many instances, I feel like what they are trying to achieve is make black man like a white man. You get what I'm saying? Make, make you know, put enough black men in Congress. Well, so put, make, yeah, make enough that, black men. Uh, Put enough black men in a comfortable middle-class suburb. suburb. That's a liberal idea of progress. Right, and I think that's just a horrible, like one of the most horrible things. That that this is an argument against black capitalism. Like some uh, some people would say, like, oh, what it takes is minorities of whatever community to uh, succeed in the business world as entrepreneurs, and then they can uh, they can black bankers can give loans without discriminating, black employers can hire people without discriminating, black rich people can make investments without discriminating, which it, it makes sense, but it doesn't fix the problem. Exactly, and then black man will be hold, over So over there's also the counterpoint, which is socialism, rent. but specifically black socialism, because socialism is more friendly to uh, to oppress people, just naturally. Just, just in how it's set uh, out. Historically also, it always has been tool of the oppressed in some sense. In very real sense too, bro. It's been censored by the oppressor. In many cases. A lot of people will argue, I know, at least of uh, people who like 
Stalinist, Stalinist USSR governments, people who support that, one of their arguments is that we need a strong hand, a helping hand behind the world revolution. Because indeed, no, the Soviet strong governments sent a lot of money, a lot of gold bars to various communities across the world, across the race and ethnicity and nations. Without a doubt, you need to sprinkle a little authoritarianism to make anything effective. Without you a doubt. You think so? I mean, for the most part, especially something like this. You mean real, radical, fast change? I mean, yeah, right? So how, you do, how else do you define that? Anyway, uh, I do agree that there's no that there's a lack of a leader leadership, and the leadership proper leadership would take movements to the next level, like. That's why Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, etc. targeted. His leadership is too powerful. You know Fred Hammond? Yeah. He was also someone who was uh, even more revolutionary than them in his rhetoric. Wow. And also assassinated. Got them. Rebels of all sorts killed. Rebels in all kinds of countries, in all regions. It becomes a very important task for everybody participating in the system to, to, to create a narrative where these oppressed uh, voices becomes the dominant one, you know, becomes the winner, becomes the hegemonic one. You know? I can if you want. Yes, yes. I like it when it's more innuendo. <laughs> I don't understand. We are listening to, to what? I don't even know what this is. Moonchild. I don't know what what is that. It's a band, man. Apparently. The thing is, sometimes, like, for example, Tyler the Creator came on, but he wasn't just by himself. He was with, like, a band. Would you call that his band? You know mm, what I mean? What if it's yeah. just the singer, but they just have these people here? I mean, it probably is a band in this specific case. I think case it's right just around. tiny best vibe. Like, I feel the artists feel the need to bring on uh, acoustic shit for tiny desk than they did by tiny desk, you know? Who who ha- would you want to see on Tiny Desk but you haven't seen on Tiny Desk? Frank Ocean. Man. I knew you were gonna say that. Literally, I knew you were gonna say that. I I mean yeah, I wanted Chance to be there. And Chance got up there. I wanted. Uh, he did. Yeah, man. It was nice. like it was okay. <laughs> yeah, Chance honestly, he really fell off. Chance sung for a little bit and then read his poetry. Man, that but sounds I really so bad. Don't think that, that sounds was so bad. bad. I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm sorry, Chance, but the poetry was kind of weak. Listen, man, he just took a wrong turn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love his voice. Uh, he's a great singer. Yeah, his rapper, voice is great. off, man. Yeah, his voice is off. His voice is off. Look, man. His lyrics used to be so dope. His lyrics used to be so good. Yeah, incredible. Acid, acid rap, bro. Yeah, exactly. Acid rap was insane. It's easier to find the parking spot than. It's easier to find a gun than a parking spot, yeah. some shit like that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard it in a long time. That's amazing. Lost. A lot of people really shout on that album that came out like what? Acid rap? Nah, nah, like. Remember that album? The Big Day? 
the big day the big day definitely got shot on yeah it's the big day it did get shot on I mean I didn't like it either I don't think his rapping career and his mayor career are linked at all bro at all but maybe that's the reason I mean, it is linked in the sense that Chance raps about very clean, family-friendly material, you know, at least compared to a lot of other rappers. I think it's a very uh, strategic move. Also. Yeah, obviously, man. Like, let's see, he can't rap about some, like, crazy shit. Can't be controversial. He can't be controversial. I like it. I mean, he does it in a very nice manner. Like, I think that he does, and I think on the big day, he, he did not. In I coloring see. book, sure, but in the big day. I didn't listen to big day, bro, because I was so sad. Try, go for it. Just go for like, it. You know what? Listen to it and see yourself. Out. I mean, some songs are alright, man, but like, the best it gets is alright, I swear. You know, because all this, I, I, I find it hard to believe because, like, um, uh, all the singles that came be- right before Big Day was so good. You know? A lot and of so the I singles like weren't even on the Big Day, so they weren't like even part of that vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 65th and English. Like that wasn't on the Big Day. I might need security. You know, I might need yeah, security. For, you know, for the man who has everything. Yeah. None of these were on the Big Day. These were all incredible songs. Like all the singles. But they, he didn't think they were. They didn't fit the Big Day because the Big Day is not incredible songs. <laughs> Anyway, enough of that. Poor, poor guy. I don't need to shit on it, man. <laughs> he can. He's talented. He can. He can release good music. It just that wasn't. That one wasn't for me. Who do you? Who would you like to see in Thailand? You know Miguel. Who? Miguel. No. He's a great singer. Yeah. I like to see Future. Oh word! <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Uh, I wonder if he'll also go acoustic. Remember the T-Pain one, bro? That's they, amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like. I feel like Tiny Desk really pushes this artist to do shit like that, you know? <laughs> True. Do you think T-Pain got out of his comfort zone by doing that? Or that, is that I mean, that he, does? he does it very occasionally. He'll sing without the auto-tune, but I mean, he's definitely out of his comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, clearly he can do it, That's the yeah, so it's, it's not that out of his comfort zone. Right. You need to be, if you want to sound really good on auto-tune, you still need to have a good voice to start with. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. Yes, no, bro, bro, trust me, trust me. Because it's I feel like, like, uh, it's like you, uh, editing your voice can literally make your voice sound like anything. It can like change it a lot, but I mean, if you your have voice good enough device and good enough like program, you can literally make but it sound also like the voice has to be good. The voice yeah. has to be good. But when you say, I mean, you think complete manufacturing of a voice digital software is, impo- is not possible it is saying? possible I they're, can make they're me developing sound like a Joe Mayer they're developing than. they're developing AI uh, that can even like create like you feed it lyrics and then it'll become like that fucking artist like there's a Jay-Z AI <laughs> right, right, right like it's just like like it, it learns from all the Jay-Z songs like it can generate how, a Jay-Z, Jay-Z verse a song now I mean it, it it's not super coherent but the fact they even got this far is pretty yeah, crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it, mean, it, it, it means a lot, I mean. I it's, mean, it's AI, creating, bro, you just exactly. teach AI, you just teach it and then it learns. And it creates learning. And it learns even without you teaching it. Once you teach it how to learn. So once we have AIs, that makes AI really dark. Once we have AIs, doesn't socialism get an even stronger That's support? what some people think. Yeah. Uh, they call it uh, luxury communism, it's called. Now that sounds like something I can get down with. (laughs) 
when automation achieves the level of sophistication where labor becomes, you know, nothing. Marx said, a man should, in either society, man's a farmer by the day, you know, you know. that's why I said more, yep. a farmer by the yep. day, an artist by the, poet yep. by the night. What if he doesn't have to be the farmer by the day? <laughs> he can just write poets all day. 24-7 yeah, poets. create, paint, whatever, all day. Uh, now that would be a dream. But this is the catch. That can never happen unless we have proletariat, communist liberation, before we reach a singularity in which we achieve uh, you know, full automation. For example, if full automation happens under the same, you know, type of ideology that we have, a capitalist mode of production where the yeah. very owns and owns the mode of production, automation yeah. will only benefit them. We will live still like you know on the verge of crisis. Facts. Now. Facts. Facts. Now, if we go through the stage of communist revolution, human emancipation from you know <laughs> monopoly or bourgeoisie monopoly or production. And then have full automation, technical revolution. Imagine, imagine what we could achieve. We could be Mars in, you know. But what if it's, what if the AI is what helps it take place? What if it's like you know the coronavirus happened, people realize they can work from home. What if AI happens, people realize they don't have to work at all? You know, you need to realize, you need to have it actually happen, and then people realize. I mean, you're just saying scenarios now. Like, it's your, your, your responsibility, I would assume, to you know argue that like how, how would the AI revolution necessarily lead to that? Or not? Like why would it? Um, why do you think uh, technological advancement? Not it wouldn't lead to it lead like to just like that. But I'm just saying that to really plant the idea in people's heads, something has to actually happen when people see. How AI has hey AI has can take over my job. Right. That means that I don't even need to fucking work. But there's enough capital to still keep me alive. So give me living wage, just like that. You need to have it happen to you in real but life because people can't system, understand things I feel just like, like that. Be able to, I don't think you'll be satisfied, or many people would be satisfied, or be uh, unalienated than they are now if they you know simply got paid more. I also think that's one of the things about... Yeah, but they also wouldn't too. be workers. They wouldn't be wor- laborers anymore. They would be workers, but also artists. They would have more time to create for sure. Yeah. But they would still have to go to a meaningless job and do uh, you know, labors that get extorted by others. Why would they have to do that? Because the fundamental system didn't change. It just got better for them. But if there's a robot doing their job, why would they have to do it? Oh, like if a complete altercation happens? Yeah, I guess not. But I mean, with all that being said, you can't trust AI that much. The AI cars have already crashed and killed people. <laughs> Self-driving cars. Is that a is that a programming error? I don't know, man. You should, you should, you should, you should stop it. How kind. It's a bad luck, bro. Really. Yeah. So basically. You know Jizek's joke about the lock thing? Who? Um, so there's a... You know, have you ever heard about Higgs boson? The it's God, the God particle? particle? What does yeah. it mean, man? I don't really understand. I, it's not a matter. But the guy who made it, that I discovered it, you know? The CRN guy, the guy who discovered it. He, uh, so one of his fellow scientists went to his summer house you know, somewhere in Europe. 
and I noticed that he had a horseshoe above his door. So it's, and which is like a, 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 a superstition, superstition in Europe, it brings you good luck, you know. So the scientists asked him, like, yo, like you're an incredible scientist. How come you believe in this thing? Like, why, why would you have it? Do you believe this? And the guy says, no, I don't believe it. But I, I'm a scientist, of course I don't believe it. But I was also told that it still works even if you don't believe in it. That's a pretty good, you know? Just being safe. Safe rather than sorry. I don't know if it's necessarily about insurance. <laughs> what do you think about that? Actually, what do you think about the insurance arguments for believing in God? Like, okay, God maybe exists, maybe not exist. I think it's a good argument. If I, I think you know, it's a log very logical argument, and the yeah. logic is good. But if God indeed does not exist, how that's the most illogical thing you could do that you fucking, you know? scoured away from those things because you believe in this mystical way you believe that these mystical things possibly could have might have existed for you. you know i don't think it's logical i think it's emotional people I think it's more safety like people have a security. positive experience following this path too that's also why it's that's not what i'm just, saying it's, it's not it's just totally emotional i don't think it's neurological necessarily neurological no i don't like, think it's people logical. people it's have emotional. a natural inclination to worship a god think so? I think it's a scientific fact. Psychologically, people have, like, just natural for people to want to worship God. How can you say that when, uh, in countries like Israel, the majority of the people don't believe in God? National polls in Israel literally shows the majority of the people, more than 50%, uh, does not believe I think God. there's a small bit of socialization taking place. I think we're in a part part of history where large numbers corrupt people away from God. Not necessarily corrupt. It changes <laughs> people's minds. I think that just in general, there's a, there's a lot more of society that's atheist than ever before in history. I mean, I'm just curious about what you think. Like the essential qualities of society, does it make people more atheist? Does it remove God? The existence of you know of modern society? Of, yes. More only modern. Not no, because there were periods in history where a lot more people were more devoted and faithful. More people, less people were atheists. Atheism is growing. So what do you think gave? I think that... I mean, I think, people I think people put a lot of faith in science. It's just faith. Where does the faith go? The faith goes to science. Faith goes to influential philosophers who also are atheists. I still feel like there's some object of faith changing, not diminishing of faith, you feel me? Like people will believe scientists more than their priests. Some people do, some people don't. No, it's not that they don't believe at all, they yeah. just now believe scientists. Yeah, true. Because I mean, if I'm honest bro, in order to like, we know that the fossils are shit and real because we believed our textbook and there were moments of, you know, a leap of faith that took us from like, taking the things that we're reading to be truth, to hold truth in some manner, you know? Yeah. It was it's a leap of faith, it's involved in there. For sure. So every decision. <laughs> I mean, there's a leap of faith in believing that the moon landing is real. 
Right, yeah. There's a leap of faith in believing that 9-11 was done by a foreign entity completely with the U.S. government having no prior knowledge, which I don't believe. (laughs) But anyway, there's a leap of faith involved in a lot of things that people just take as a fact. Right. It's just a part of life. Is it problematic? No. I mean, it can be. Anything Do you think it's problematic in modern work? In what? In modern society. Uh, I mean, anything that you take too far is a problem in any society. Someone who is not moderate, but, but thoughtful and uh, has, some, has some respect for other people and, uh, at the same time as they follow their own beliefs. Like, I think that's what uh, that's, that's so boring, Hassan. That's such a What do you want me to say, bro? Vote for. I can so imagine you voting for some, like, 40-year-old dude who's, like, nice, have kids, go to work, honest, like, hardworking. Are, are those, any of those things you said are bad? You think a hardworking person is bad? Having a family is bad? It's trap, man. It's a trap? So, uh, yeah, Having a family is a trap? <laughs> I think it attracts you to certain views. You're not speaking even about social things, you're speaking about basic, natural, biological instincts. You're speaking about having a family, every creature on the earth wants to do that. That's true, I suppose, to a certain degree. Now humans are smart enough that we become individual and we can all have our different opinions on shit. So it's not like you have to follow that. But just as a general whole, I think that society should always have that in mind, you know. Things like that. There's a lot of instincts that people are suppressing. Right, it's necessary. uh, And that's when you speak about capitalism is a frustration, it's an anger, it's emasculation, castration. (laughs) It's because of these feelings which people are meant to have which have been taken away. Which are being treated like that's not normal to feel that way. But in many cases, especially in terms of sexual stuff, fetishes, for example, the fact that it is not normal is a valuable thing. I mean, I think it arouses a lot of people. For example, if exhibitionism was normal, the exhibitionists would not get, you know, sexual pleasures they get from exhibiting themselves to people. Man. I mean, that you're speaking about? about an exception, not the rule. Awesome. I mean, like, what the fuck were you even talking about in the first place? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Never matter. The point is that, in general, <coughs> uh, <coughs> things are better off not being embarrassed. I guess I don't even know what what the subject was, man. I got to that point. You know, something um, about fetishes, sexual fetishes. I got. Um, Are they okay? I got coronavirus tested today. Oh yeah, man. How'd that go? Yeah, I went to uh, CDMD on 14th Street. And 14th and what? Like uh, right by Bauhaus. Yeah, I guess. Oh Sardin, shit, that's so close, bro. Yeah, literally, a couple blocks from your place. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I waited like. 40-50 minutes outside so standing was hot as hell but uh it's chill man at the end it was nice man it took me less than like like seven minutes the whole wow. actual thing like just walk in walked in walk out not even t- took out my wallet the entire no time. health insurance no right? i didn't yeah, no health insurance information put no driver's license shown no identification actually it's so my state idea actually never mind 
state ID. Require state ID, but um, they accept my UAE. I'm sure, if I brought my passport, it's fine. Like they will probably accept the uh, if you're a teenager and a fake ID, they'll probably accept it most likely. I'm, <laughs> so sure. I'm not a teenager. Yeah, but we just got out of it, you know. <laughs> I wonder if you I'm can a big get boy. Um, rent rebels. Uh, I can't. I need to get a proper license, bro. Can fake IDs not work for these riding share programs? Uh, I highly doubt it, man. I know that it's probably highly illegal, but I wonder if it's uh, because I know people who get uh, vape orders and shit from apps using fake IDs. And I wonder if, uh, you know, it's as simple as that, you know? I wonder. It's not. Hopefully not. I think Hopefully it's more not. official. You know what happened in Korea yesterday in uh, regional news? Some teenager who escaped from, you know, left home, um, sneaked onto an airport, airplane, uh, picked up a... Uh, boarding ticket and just boarded the airplane and fly somewhere. Where'd he go? It's a different city. And it was yeah. a whole new, so I'm like, wow, like that's still possible. That's fucking insane. Even at these days of checking your passport like three fucking times before you board the flight and your tickets like, you know, shit like that, like your QR code, all that kind of electronic bullshit. But this shit literally still happens. Human mistakes. Apparently the machine recognized the mistake. The machine was like, bip, 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 bip. you know, this is a cancelled, uh, this is a cancelled thing. And then uh, the the people were checking, the flight attendant was checking it, it was like, oh! And checked the person, like, behind him. It was actually causing a problem. And it was like, oh, that's normal, I guess it's machine control. So they just, you know, didn't think further. Well, they let a whole amount of man not tripping me out, man, it's tripping me out. It's human errors. I mean, so we need the AIs. Uh, I think this just proves that um, AI will not solve the problems. Because <laughs> no matter how good that system of catching these people were, the fucking attendants was gonna be like, oh, machine says this thing is that something happened, but like, oh, oh, never mind. Like, I must the be attendant needs to be a machine. <laughs> That's what you think. You need to think these machines are smarter than us, man. Damn. The Do computer you really has that? more neurons than I mean. Whatever that shit would be, we have brain cells. Like, do you want the ultimate decision maker to be AI? For example, in judiciary system, should be should we have AI judges? No, man, that sounds terrible. AI judges sounds terrible. Why? Yeah. Maybe they could be more like a jury. Oh, like full AI jury or well, like, like a consultant, part of the like jury, cons- jury like consult. Yeah. They can't for- enforce anything, but they can be consulted. I see, like the, like in Islamic law, they offer fatwas. <laughs> they offer legal opinions. Like, Jesus, like, yeah, this is exactly, what I think. Not exactly the same. But I like the what? I like the energy. That's the analogy, bro. Ah. Why is it different? It's a Islamic law specialist. Offering I mean, it has nothing to do with the mind. thing is, this is like religious law, bro, like it's not, you know? Look at my expertise, bro, like, if AI is more expertise in tax law, maybe it can give out tax law opinions. Programming that would be incredibly difficult. 
Because it cannot People are be on it, bro. Because it cannot be merely be a machine where it says, you know, fact A, law B, equals C, therefore D. That's what these AIs are most likely to do if they become a thing. But I feel like that's the worst option they a judge can do, and that's usually not how judging works. Uh-huh. Like it's a whole like uh, jurisprudential theory. Like some people think the law is that. Like, like some people in six fucking eighteenth century thought the law was that. You know, it's a machine. It's a logistic machine. You know, there's logic game or math questions with the machine like this, and you put in like number, number, and plus two, and it comes out like this. No. I was thinking about mathematical equations, like, you know, 1 plus 1 is 2. It does. A plus B is C. Sure. And uh, some formalist perspective of law was A is the facts of the case, you know? I stabbed you. And B is the law that says stabbing is illegal and is worse uh, life. Equals C. Therefore, I get life because I killed it. And I did the wrong thing. That's like, I feel like, you know, how AI will judge, most likely. But I feel like that's not how judging really works. That's why they should be a consultant. They can't make decisions for us, but they can give us knowledge. They shouldn't have authority. So only advisory roles. Yeah. Support. You know what's gonna happen? If they have AI lieutenants in war, bro, they can instantly calculate the entirety of the party, the battle, how it's gonna go, and shit like that. That'll be uh, incredible new warfare opening, a lot of people dying. I think that's one of the worst, a uh, good argument against technological advancement, man. Like, every single meaningful technological advancement. The US Health. military develops the most advanced technology out of everybody. Yeah, bro. Video games story. came from that. Internet comes from that also. You know, apparently, CIA has their own uh, satellites, spy satellites. Oh, shit. Uh, that they launch their, with their own budget and shit like that. And uh, they uh, donated one to NASA like early 2000s because it was outdated <laughs> and apparently it was one of the best space telegraph that NASA ever had they say those satellites uh, US military has to sell like a keyhole satellite because you can literally have pixels identifying a keyhole on a door from a satellite picture that's crazy you know, shit like that, man. Insane shit. Everything, I think, I thought Google Earth was cool as hell. And it doesn't get freaky, and it gets pretty freaky until you re- if you realize, like, wow, this is what's commercially available? Like, I wonder what the fucking US Navy spy on people. Yeah, yeah. No, they have some really good, uh, you know, like, man, you play Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you see what kind of shit they got, it's crazy. That's the coolest thing, I think. You know the C-130 gunships? Exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking, bro. That's how they're looking Black at it. Black and white screen. That, bro, it's there's real. Like there's real footage. 
There's real footage that's exactly like that. They're just looking at these real people and they're just like, yeah, there's three guys over there. They should turn around. Okay. They come on, take them out. It's crazy. You know, the fun is the, the drones, you know? That's in, they're adding a whole non-human level to this shit. See, the you robots know, the are already in this are, shit. A lot of them are in America. A lot of the people who fly the drones that flies over Afghanistan and drops bombs in the military, that's really an area, fucking hospitals. They're in every 